Hey everyone, welcome back to Lash Boss Radio. This is Shelby, your host, and today I'm interviewing Genevieve Harding. She's from the UK and she owns Beauty by Genevieve. She's also an educator and she judges a lot of lash competitions and writes for some lash magazines. But most importantly, she's got something really exciting coming up. It is the Lash Social UK, which she is the organizer for, and that is April 28th of this year. So we're gonna be talking about that today among other things, and I hope you guys enjoy. If you're listening, make sure to tag Lash Boss Radio and let me know. And without further ado, here is Genevieve. All right, Genevieve. So let's start by just getting into how you got into this industry. Okay. So um, I originally went into the beauty industry in about 2008, I think it was, when I did my normal beauty therapy training in the UK, went into working into salons and the usual and then about 2010 I think I was sent on my first eyelash course which was the um, wonderful courses that we had back in the day where it was your um, point twos and you used to pick up a bulb of adhesive and then smooth it out using a cocktail mm-hmm. stick I think we all know that type of training mm-hmm. I then went on to have my first daughter so I think a lot of ladies in the industry can sympathize that when you are going back to work after having time off. I don't know in the US whether do you get like a maternity leave or what yeah. when you have children. How long do you guys get? Well I don't have kids, but I believe it's like six weeks is pretty standard. Oh really? See over here you get um Maybe about four. nine months yeah, we get nine months maternity leave. But when you go back after that break it's quite hard because if you're working in a salon, you're getting, well, when I was working, it was about eight pounds an hour. Um, and then childcare over here is about five or six pounds an hour on average or where I'm based anyway. Mm-hmm. So it just wasn't financially viable to go back to work as I think most women can sympathize with and pretty much do the same. So I sort of branched off in 2014 from salon work and decided to go at it on my own. And I was quite lucky that I'd already built up quite a strong client base from working in salons over quite a long period of time. So I was lucky in that they followed me or found me on social media. And then I started mm-hmm. Beauty by Genevieve just from my spare bedroom, really. And it's grown from there. I um, ended up moving into like a purpose-built salon at the bottom of my garden. And we've recently moved house so where I'm renovating at the moment and we're going to be doing um, an extension I'm actually renting space in a local spa that my sister runs just as a temporary basis so I'm running all of my trainings and education and therapies from there at the moment on a temporary basis so so back up really quick you guys get nine months or nine weeks for maternity nine months Really? Like Yeah, it's it's called statutory. So if you're employed, you can take nine months statutory um, maternity leave, but you can have up to a year, but the last three months unpaid, I believe. I can't remember how it works. It's been quite a while. So, but you get paid. Wow. I, think, I think it's like you get paid 90% of your wage, of your normal wage for the first six weeks. And I think after that, it starts to drop down. I can't remember it because it was such a long time ago. Oh, but if you're self-employed, I see. Um, like by the time I had my second daughter, oh, I had I had her and then two weeks later, I was back to work because when you're self-employed, you get nothing. <laughs> There's no maternity yeah. pay there. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Which is another perk to joining a team that, you know, takes care of you. And that's awesome. Here in the States, it's not like that. 
And I think it's pretty much up to the employer, like what kind of benefits they do and stuff. But that's awesome that you guys get that. So how many staff members do you have on your team? I work for myself. I've always sort of been a bit of a lone ranger and work um, by myself. I work better that way. I went down the route Mm -hmm. when I worked at home of having people or therapies, therapists rent the, I had a two treatment room salon, so they'd rent the other room, but I just found you're relying on other people. And because it was in my home, it's then if I wanted to go out, it was the risk of leaving them there. Insurance has got all a bit complicated. So I tend to work for myself when I run trainings. I just run small groups, maximum of sort of two to four people, or I can travel around the UK and offer trainings as well. But that's more okay. like the beauty side of it. It's what my um, what gives you like the bread and butter sort of income, like your monthly everyday income. And then um, mm-hmm. the Lash Social UK, which I think we're going to talk about in a little bit, is the other side of the sort of business that I branched into the other side of the industry, which is a limited company that I've just launched, which is to do with the conference side rather than the actual treatment side of the industry. Right. Yeah, I, I'm excited for that conference. Can you tell us a little bit about that and what we can expect when we go? Because I will be there, but just for so the the people that haven't for the people that haven't heard about it yet or signed up yet. So um, I basically got the idea when um, I went to a conference, I think it was last year, maybe the year before. I can't remember when it was. And I just think with the industry at the moment, the lash industry as a whole is doing amazingly. It's, it's absolutely booming at the moment. I and mean, in the UK, we've had a lot of interviews on daytime television with um, various lash brands. There's been a lot of coverage in the newspapers and things like that. And I think where the industry is getting bigger and bigger and bigger, certain things like conferences, trainings and everything, they're just rocketing in price as well, I think, because it's such a popular industry at the moment. And I went to a conference not that long ago and it costs, an arm and a leg to go to actually get your ticket to obviously then take the day off work you're losing out the parking was so expensive where the venue was and to stay overnight as well the accommodation at the venue was just so high and so I had massive expectations for the conference and when I got there I just felt like the greeting it wasn't as friendly as I thought it was going to be when they're designed to be like a networking event aren't they where you're going to meet new people and industry related people as well maybe people that you've already spoken to on social media and you want to put a face to the name so I was a bit underwhelmed with like Mm -hmm. the welcoming it was very much like quite a statusy thing where there was clicks of people everywhere but you weren't getting that like friendly and welcoming vibe yeah and then I was there with my friend as well so we'd stayed the evening before and I think with the content of the conference as well we were really underwhelmed like it was it was a lot of people in the room, I think, were educators or were further on than just a beginner starting off in the lash industry. And I think the content that was, there were some, some things that were very interesting, but I think as a whole, the content was quite basic. And me and my friend actually started messaging each other halfway through. We were sat next to each other, just like, oh my God, is this, is it going to get better sort of thing? And it was really disappointing and we were sort of chucked a certificate at the end with a scribbled on name and my friend's name was spelt wrong. It just seemed very impersonal. So I think on the journey home, I just thought I can do this so much better and make it much more enjoyable for everyone involved. And so I did. I um, went home and started a company, The Lash Social UK, and the whole concept behind our um, conference is that it's affordable and it's 
like you can change it up as much as you like. So we cho- chose an affordable venue, but that even though it was affordable, it had just had like a £3.5 million makeover. So the actual venue was lovely inside. It was more than adequate for a business sort of get together. And yeah, so we chose the venue. I wanted to make it affordable. So we looked at ticket price and costings and our event is actually half the price of what I paid to attend the previous event. And we made it customizable. So if you want to come along to the day you can just pay the ticket price and then you can have a walk around the workshops in the afternoon you still get your goodie bag you still get a seat at the conference in the morning you still get a two-course lunch you still get to meet uh, mingle with everyone if you just pay the ticket price which is 269 pounds but then the goodie bags alone actually Jamie from Lashbase did a post recently he got the goodie bags out and said that how the value of our goodie bags was pretty much what you pay for mm-hmm. the ticket anyway so that in itself mm-hmm. is worth getting going for but yeah so then if you want to add more to your day we've also got in the afternoon workshops where you can sit down and have like it's 10 to a table so you can sit and have an actual workshop with the speakers or sometimes we've had um we had uh, workshop hosts that weren't necessarily speakers and um, you can pay £30 per workshop so you can add it on or take it off you can do two workshops or just the one if your budget doesn't stretch and then we've also ran an, a worldwide online competition that runs alongside the event so again if you can stretch out to that and you want to enter competitions there's many different levels categories and then if you're at the event and you're lucky enough to be one of the winners you can claim all your prizes from our generous sponsors but that's basically in a nutshell like why why we wanted to do it and then how we put it together. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it sounds really cool because it seems like you guys thought of everything and everyone too. And I think it'll be a huge success and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, the first the first event that we ran, because we actually ran our first event, it was in September just gone and it was a really, really mm-hmm. like all the feedback that we've had from it has been amazing. Like, we've had not a lot of criticism at all. Like I think the only thing we had as a negative review was we needed to put a bin in the main room for rubbish if there was any rubbish from the workshop. That was uh, the only criticism we had. So that one ticked. We've got a bin in the room for bad. the next event. <laughs> <laughs> we, that's awesome we wanted to reach out to I think where, where the industry is getting big and like I said about people charging so much for trainings I think a lot of people in this industry are like ladies that work from home or maybe have a couple of children and don't have a lot of spare income and they're just trying to sort of build their client base and they don't necessarily have a thousand pounds to be able to just spend on going to a conference so that's sort of the people that I wanted to reach out to that People want to get good education and good networking opportunities mm-hmm. without paying paying the price tag for it, if that makes sense, or paying over the odds. Right. Absolutely. So, and you're a trainer as well. Like you said that you travel and, and you train. So can you explain kind of what a student can expect um, after taking a course from you? So with myself, I wrote my courses all myself and got them accredited by the professional Beauty Direct in the UK. So I teach classic lash applications from the beginning and then Russian volume. I haven't gone into mega volume. I'm not sure where I stand on the mega volume side of things. I think it's a lovely treatment to have, but I'm not sure where I stand on the practicality of it in terms of doing an everyday client with the mega volume. It just takes so long, doesn't it? And the costings of it. Yeah. What are your opinions on it? 
So I, I love it for like portfolio work to kind of like, it's kind of like a show offy thing yeah. to be able to do a mega volume set, but it's not, you're right. The practicality of it is it's just not there. We don't have like where I live in Austin, Texas, we don't really have people that are wanting like true, like Russian, like mega volume. But we do, at the same time, we do have people that want like very dramatic volume, like very dark volume, but it's not like that blacked out look that can take like six hours to do. I'm talking using like 0.07s and just doing like 5D and stuff. And I think it's nice to know how to do, but if you're a single or if you're a solo artist, you're probably not going to see many people in your clientele that are getting mega volume. So I don't know if it's at the same time, I think it's worth it to take a class and to learn how to do it so that you can have that in your portfolio and you can show like you can create that art. But as far as like using it, you're you're it's going to be not very often. You're going to probably just use it for like photo shoots or something like that. Uh, yeah, definitely. I think I think it's very much that if you've got the disposable income to be able to and you've got the time on your hands, then it's definitely worth getting it like another notch to the belt type thing. But I think for everyday lashing, you're just not going to use it in your everyday salon work. It's more of a, like you said, portfolio and having those really good photos for your social media as well. So, but yeah, so with the trainings, I've got another lady that trains my classic courses as well. So that allows me to do a bit more of the volume work and I do quite a lot of um, mentoring. But yeah, it's pretty standard to be honest with you. So people can come get their fully qualified um, after they've done their case studies with myself. And then... Um, they can move on to do further education if they wanted to. I offer advanced um, layering courses as well and like classic specific um, skill building courses as well where we go more into like taping methods, layering, making sure. It's almost like a bit of a back to basics as well for people that have trained years right. ago. So I think that's one of the big things at the moment is that so many people have trained so long ago and the, mm-hmm. the education and the industry has moved so much further forward than 10 years ago, say. Yeah. So do you have a lot of people that take their first training with you and then they, they take the rest of your courses? Or do you feel like you just get people at whatever stage they're in taking the according course? At the moment, I'm finding it's very much mentoring where, like I said, people have done their training quite a long time ago and they're looking to take either the whole classic course again or the whole volume course again because they just want to update all their skills. Um, I'm doing a lot of mentoring. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it tends to go through phases. Like after Christmas, so January, I've had so many people message me in regards to classic. I think it's where they're thinking Mm -hmm. of starting that new career, new year, new me sort of thing. So they're looking at jumping in with both feet into the lash industry um mm-hmm. so yeah I've had quite a lot of people like new lash artists approaching me this year already um whereas last year mm-hmm. it was a lot more of volume so it, it comes in right. sort of waves if that makes sense mm-hmm. what do you think that people should look for when they're trying to find a good course I think as with anything research is most important so you need to work out what it is that you're trying to what is your end goal so what are you trying to get from that course are you looking at taking your first step into the industry are you looking at going on an advanced course like something like the omega volume or bridging and other techniques and you just need to really research you can use the you can really use these forums as well for that to get recommendations for lash artists that specialize in certain areas i think it's not it's not a case of just typing into google 
A, B and C and mm-hmm. seeing what comes out and going to the top of the list. Because I think marketing, some people that are very, very good at marketing, it doesn't necessarily right. mean that they're um, really good in the field of actually applying lashes. So I think it's just a case of research. I think YouTube is quite good as well to pick up a lot of little tips and tricks from people. Mm-hmm. But I also think with training nowadays, a lot of people are doing collaborations. Have you noticed that? Actually, now that I think about it, yeah. I see like Lash Affair here in the States, like they'll collaborate with Tiana from the Lash Exchange. I don't keep up as much with everyone in the UK, but so you guys have that kind of stuff too? Yeah, so I've noticed uh, there's two ladies that always work quite closely together. I don't know if you've heard Barney Barkley and Vicky Rugg. I know they, they do tend to part yeah, oh, yeah, they tend to partner up quite a lot recently. And I do think I catch myself looking and thinking, you know, it's such a good idea and it's really beneficial for students because I think when people mm-hmm. collaborate, they're almost getting two for one because the cost isn't the same as necessarily what you'd pay for a whole day's training with each of them individually, but you're getting both of them in the same day so I think I think with training nowadays I think collaborations are a really good way to go because I feel that you may I've not been on a collab course before but I think that you'd maybe get a lot more for your money or more value yeah there was one I think it was two years ago that was like probably the biggest collaboration I ever saw was Trina from Maven Artistry and Elena from Lash Makers Mm. And um, they did a course together and everyone who took that course uh, just said nothing but positive things about both things that they learned. And they both teach completely different things. And I've taken class from both of them separately. So I can't imagine what that would have been like together. It would have been really cool. But I think that's a good idea. I didn't really see it being like a trend or anything. But now that you say that, I guess I can see that starting to yeah, I do. I do definitely think that a lot of people are starting to work together and sort of go like build up partnerships as such that people can almost work better together. So they move around and bounce off each other within the courses, and they can maybe offer different angles, can't they? Because if one specialises in one area and the other one in another, I just think it's a really right. lovely way to train because I just think it more affordable and yeah. you're going to get a lot more for your money by having two experts there rather than just the one I just think it's a really good idea yeah. and that's why I think I really really rate the conferences and why I really wanted to push it as well because again if you don't know who to train with by going to these events and these conferences like the Lash Social yes. you're going to have up to six or seven speakers at the beginning so they're going to be talking for say mm-hmm. 25 minutes 30 minutes at a time and it's, you're going to be getting a snippet of what they can offer you so maybe if you're thinking about training with someone and then you go to a conference, you may think to yourself after that 25 minutes of their presentation, actually, I didn't like the way that they were talking or approaching their subject. I might, it might change right. your mind. Or on the other hand, you may think she's amazing or he's amazing. Definitely book me on. Do you know what I mean? If you've just seen this little snippet, it's almost like a way for them to showcase, but a way for you to try before you buy as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I think the lash industry kind of mimics the like other industries or it's starting to. This industry is so new. And uh, I think that we were kind of trying to do things like a certain way. But I see like parallels between like the what you were just saying, the collaboration thing. Uh, it made me think about how makeup artists sometimes collaborate with bigger brands. And they have like, I don't know if you follow like the makeup industry, but like James Charles, he's this guy. He's a really big YouTuber. He has like. 12 million followers or some crazy number like that. And he just collaborated with this makeup brand for like his own eyeshadow palette, but it's under their brand. And I I think I'd be curious to see if there's 
going to be something like that happening, like where someone doesn't want to start their own like product line, but maybe they want to, I don't know, like have like a lash collection or, or something like that under someone else's brand or something. Almost like um, almost like um, a Kate Moss for Rimmel type thing. Yeah. They do. She does like a collaboration with Rimmel. So it's like, yeah, when celeb endorsement type thing. Yeah. 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 I think that'd be cool. But I, I also noticed like our lash conferences were starting to look really all similar to one another. Yeah. We would have like the same people yeah. talk at every single one. I was going to say, this is the sort of thing that we tried to avoid. So I exactly, yeah. exactly the same thing. You hit the nail on the head there. It was, you, you started to see like trends, like for so the same people, the same faces, which is amazing because obviously they're at the top of their field and like really good at what they're doing. But at the same time, you almost want like fresh, you want like fresh meat and fresh, almost like opinions and different ways of training. So like with our first conference, I approached um, a lady called Manami Edwards and she's absolutely fabulous and I've been a fan of hers since I think it was the first or the second lash battle that I went to and I saw her work there and I started following her but she hasn't actually got, mm-hmm. she's got a good following but it's not like amazing I'm massively huge and I just really really liked her style of work and she specializes in, in like the Asian eye and so I mm-hmm. contacted her and said look like I'd really like to have you at the event talking about Asian eye styling and when I booked her, I had quite a few people saying, oh, who's Manami? Who is she? And they weren't sure. They'd not heard of her before. But as soon as I put her mm-hmm. on that platform, the as soon as she started talking in her presentation, it was amazing. And every single phone in the room went up. Everyone was recording wow. her. Like every phone and iPad just went straight up as soon as all of her slides came on. The way she taught the Asian eye styling, it was absolutely amazing. Um, and she was someone that hadn't been on the stage as such before presenting and it was really yeah really like taken well and we put um Bryony up there for the first time she'd not spoken at an event before and she loved it and Cindy Nichols do you know Cindy I don't so Cindy's really known in the fantasy lash world and she's won so many awards I think she took home the award for lash artist of the year last year and she's running for it again wow. But she's been literally like wiping the floor with every single competition that she's entered and she's doing really well. And so I approached her from the fantasy side of it to give the fantasy lash artist something interesting to sort of take notes from at the event. And again, like her presentation, it really opened your eyes. I mean, have you ever tried doing a fantasy piece? I um, I know I have and it's, it's no, shocking. No, I haven't. I, I was quite naive and I booked out about three hours. And I was like, yeah, two hours for lashes, hour for makeup, take a few pictures, be fine. <laughs> and no, yeah. she, the, way, the way she puts her pieces together, like she has a mannequin. Um, she dresses the mannequin up completely in the whole outfit. She adds to it throughout the weeks before the actual shoot, like just to make sure it's going to, the idea that she's got in her head and the theme of the competition and she spends like weeks and weeks and weeks preparing her pieces and you just don't realize the behind the scenes of these fantasy pieces and she sort of brought it all to life for us at the conference and it was just so amazing to watch and like get into her little world for that little half an hour it was just really fresh Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, it's so cool. The the how they how she sets it up, the how the whole organization of it is just out of the world. It's so so um so interesting. Yeah, I'm loving that I'm seeing like more speakers come about cuz I always like I've gone to a few conferences and it's 
and I seen the same people talk or even like the same topics talked about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I've been to, I just came back from a conference called Serious Business and it's, it's for beauty professionals, but it's more so the business side of stuff. And they had a bunch of different types of speakers, like stuff that didn't even directly deal with the industry, but it did correlate. So like a marriage counselor, for example, and she was talking about how as um, beauty professionals were like so close to all of these people and were kind of like therapists and kind of just talking to us about like how to handle stuff. And then there was another guy talking about like fitness and like living like longer and how to just, I don't know, just stuff that you wouldn't think would be at a beauty conference. And I learned so much at that conference um, from all of the different speakers and they weren't even in our industry. And so it was just really cool. And I'm glad to see like other names that like I'm familiar with now being invited to come speak for the first time. And like, I've been invited to speak for the first time at a couple conferences this year. And so, yeah, it's pretty cool to see some newer faces. Yeah, we had um, another thing we had at the event was we had like an accountant. So she came along mm-hmm. and she was talking to us about, um, you know, the modern day way of accounting for like um, QuickBooks and Zero and like cloud accounting. So getting rid of all your paperwork. So she was basically introducing us to that side of things because we all know that it, That's awesome. we've just got no spare time. Because if you're a lash artist or beautician, you're working unsociable hours anyway because they want clients want your evening appointments. They want your weekend appointments. So when you do mm-hmm. get spare time, you don't then want to be sat doing your books as such, writing down on X spreadsheets and things like that. So she was talking about how you can just take a picture of your receipts and just boom, it's on your books sort of thing and how the modern day way of accounting. And it was that was really eye-opening as well. Wow. And also like web designers, we had a web designer and he was really um, informative teaching us how ways that you can utilize um, YouTube and Facebook and Google more rather than just on your websites and things like that. So I think, yeah, I agree with you. It's definitely important to have different um, branches rather than just lashes. Yes, exactly. So a question that I usually ask a lot of my guests is about like a failure that or a perceived failure that they've had some like some time in their life where it eventually led them to like a blessing in disguise. But um, it at the time seemed like it was a failure, but ended up being really good. Do you have any examples of that in your own life? No, I don't have anything really that's been quite dramatic. I think it's just a case of I think the most daunting thing that I've had to do was making the decision to go from being employed to self-employed. I think I think mm-hmm. it's like the biggest. I think it's so hard if you've always worked being an as employed, um, having all the perks, having the benefits. And I think when you've got a mortgage and you've got bills to pay, I think it's such a big step. Especially with myself, it was I just had my first child, so I had a mortgage to pay. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm married myself, so my husband does work, but. I have got some security, but we still need my income to survive as well. It's not like he supports me solely. So I think that um, mm-hmm. I think the biggest jump I've made re- in regards to work is that from going in- employed to self-employed. Because I think before I really wanted to do it, but after I had my daughter, it was like, no, we've got to do this because financially there's no other way. So it's making that leap and then just making sure it works and not letting it fail. I think once you then hit the ground with your feet running almost it's you you just don't look back from being employed to going the self-employed route right exactly I think now it's just about growth so with the um lash social UK we're really trying to push this so we did our first event 
in September. Our second event is coming up in April, which I think you've now confirmed that you're going to be joining us on the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we've also bought something new. So I'm not sure when this podcast is going to go out, but the, we've just decided today actually in a meeting that um, we're going to be bringing the Lash Social live. So we're going to run a live competition as well in the UK, but in this summer. So we're mm-hmm. going to bring something new, um, a new live competition. So that'll be exciting. And then, yes, yeah, so we've we've had quite a few yeah. people wanting um, to know when our second event is as well. So we're going to be running the next social in November off the back end of the year. So, yeah, there'll be lots for everyone to attend and lots of events for people to join us. That's amazing. Yeah, for sure. Now, the last thing that I will ask is, do you have like a motto or a favorite quote? No, I don't have a favorite quote, but I just think to always treat people with respect. So whether they're clients that maybe come to you from all walks of life, treat people all the same. So I think that some people think if someone's coming from like a, I don't know, a lower background or something like that, that people just need to treat people with Mm -hmm. respect and treat people how you wish to be treated yourself. I think it's really important. I think a lot of us in the industry get, especially when we're busy therapists, you almost get a bit like, I don't need that client. I don't need that client. We need every client that we can get. They are what give us our living. Yeah. They will give us our bread and butter, um, our income. So I think we need to treat everybody the same, whether they're a difficult client, whether they're someone that's really easy to deal with and really friendly, no matter who they are, it's all rules apply to the, every person, if that makes sense. It's not one rule for one and one rule for other. Yeah. There's no favourites. Everyone should be treated with the same respect and attitude. All right. Well, thank you so much for tuning in today, as always. And I will be linking everything in the show notes that you'll need to keep up with Genevieve and also sign up for the Lash Social in the UK this April the 28th. And if you haven't done so already, please leave a review for Lash Boss Radio if you can. And I will be back in a few short days with the next episode.